And we're going to be talking about I am the light of the world. So if you want to turn your Bibles to John 8 verse 12, let's pray before we read. Father, we thank you for your word. <coughs> we thank you that it changes us. We thank you, Father, that it molds us and makes us more like you. It cuts into our heart, Lord God. And I pray that this morning, Father, that there would be such, just yeah, a, such a change that begins. Even as I preach this word, God, let this word change my heart. In Jesus' mighty name. John 8, 12, I'm reading out of the CSB. It says, Jesus spoke to them again and said, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Sometimes we do a lot of reading in church, but that's pretty much what we're going to be looking at today. I want to read through John 1, which kind of echoes Genesis 1. It parallels Genesis 1, and it says this in John 1 verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. Amazing picture. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him, he was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And it's, it's, in many ways, it's very simple what I'm, what I'm talking on today. It's, it's something that if you had to go to kids ministry at the 9 or the 11, you'd probably get a slightly better version of this because they have a lot more props. But it's simply this, and I've got three things that I want to get out of today. Is that Number one, if you're walking in darkness, and what I mean by that is that if you have not surrendered your heart to Jesus, if you've not decided to follow him, the Bible is very clear that you're walking in darkness. I'll share my testimony later. I was walking in darkness. The thing about dark, walking in darkness is that you don't know you're walking in darkness until someone comes and brings a light. Number two, what is, the, what is blocking the light in your life? Now this is... For those who are followers of Jesus already, who, who are, are, are seeking Him, who have given their life to Him, who are pursuing Him. But what is blocking this light of life, as the Bible says, from getting deep into your spirit and deep into your heart? And the third thing is the overflow is that we need to walk as children of the light. So obviously throughout the Bible we see this, this picture of light and darkness and it's, it's this it's correlation, darkness is bad, light is good. Genesis 1, let's quickly read there, it's in the beginning of your Bible. One of the first things that God says in Genesis 1, Genesis 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. God separated the light uh, from the darkness and called the light day. And the darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning on day one. That's amazing. One of the first things Jesus, God speaks into existence was light. The interesting thing for me is that plants came on day three. Day four, the sun, moon, and stars came, which for me shows that the light of God and the light of his presence sustains and brings forth life. Revelation speaks about there's going to be a time when there's going to be no sun, there's going to be no stars, there's going to just be the light of God who's going to give light to the whole earth. God is wrapped in light. He, he, in Psalm 104, it says, he wraps himself in light as if it were a robe. God's nature of who he is is light. 
which means we can't escape light. If I had to switch everything off here and I was going to do it, but I think those who are afraid of the dark, which we'll deal with later, you don't have to be afraid of the dark. But I don't know, maybe some people would have tried to steal some stuff out of your bags if it was all dark. But, um, which has happened in our church before, which is just interesting anyway. <coughs> is that, um, if, if, let's just all close our eyes for a second. We're going to do some imagination. Let's just close our eyes. Imagine, close, try closing tight because I've got lights in my face. There's absolute darkness. Now imagine there was a candle lit in the middle of the room. This pitch black. Absolute darkness. There's a candle lit in the middle of the room. It illuminates the whole room, even if you're far from it. And as more candles get lit, the, the, the light gets brighter, and it gets, the, the darkness, the Bible says that it gets dispelled and goes further out. I'm going to open your eyes. Ezekiel 1 verse 27, let's quickly, t- I think it might be behind me. No, let me actually just, I don't think it is. Go to my Bible. Well, there it is. From what seemed to be his waist up, I saw a, uh, I saw a gleam like amber with what looked to be like fire enclosing it all around. This is Ezekiel's vision of Jesus, of God. From what seemed to be from his waist down, I also saw what looked like fire. There was brilliant light all around him. God is a God of light, which is just an incredible thing, is that when Jesus is talking about, I've come to bring light to the world and no one walks in darkness, he's come to illuminate dark places. And if I think of some incredible stories, those who are involved in um, the, re- the relieving of people who have been involved in sex trafficking, there's some incredible stories, Christine Kane, Louis Giglio, these guys, there's obviously hundreds of modern day abolitionists across the world that are doing incredible stuff. But sometimes people get locked, in, these girls generally would get locked inside these like containers that get shipped across the earth, it's dark, then people, they come and open the doors, light is brought in, some of them have passed away because they haven't had food or whatever it is. God is a God that brings light into dark places, and he uses you and I. And that's what I want to get out of today, simply this, that God is a God of light. His being is a God of light. There is no darkness in him at all, the Bible says. And as he steps into lives and into situations and into my life, he illuminates dark places, then we can bring these stuff, these things to the light. You always have to look, I believe, um, in, in context of what was written. So this is in John 8. But if you turn back to John 7, there was the Feast of Tabernacles. Who's heard of the Feast of Tabernacles? Basically, there was a moment in, it was a celebrating of when the, the Israelites had their 40 years in the desert and God guided them by a cloud by day and a fire by night. And they would set up tents and they would reenact as a, as a remembrance of God are not only providing for them, but guiding them in the place in the desert. And in the middle of this, they, they, the, one of, part of this feast, the, the, the priest would get up and he would pour water on a rock. And the, the, that was just representing and saying there was a moment where we needed to drink and God opened a rock and water gushed out. If you go do some study on that, it's actually, I think it's in modern day Saudi. It's in Saudi at the moment, where this actual, they, they've got evidence where this water gushed out. I don't know how true it is, but it's, the, at least the video that I watched it seemed pretty legit. And there was a moment where the water gushed out and it, and, it, and, it, and it enabled the whole Israelite people to be able to drink. Jesus not only says that I am the living water, but he says I am the light. Meaning that Jesus comes along, looks at the history of the Israelite people. They look at him and they say, 
that he is the source of light. He is the source of refreshing. He is the, the, the only source of water that I was with you in the desert. I was with you in that place where you thought you were alone. And it's just an incredible thing that Jesus is the fulfillment in himself of the whole Exodus story. So I've got three quick points. Number one, super simple. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light. Nothing super profound, nothing incredibly deep, but this thing, if it gets into us, will change everything about us. It'll change our hearts. It'll change the way we live. It'll change the way we see the world. That Jesus, I was sitting yesterday, just sometimes need to get out of the house when I'm prepping, and I was sitting at a coffee shop, and um, I'm just prepping, and I saw this young girl go up the escalator with her mom, and um, she must have been about 11 or 12, and she, it looks like she had an eating disorder. She may have been really skinny. Okay, I'm just using this as an illustration. But I was like, and, and something struck my heart. I was like, wow, there is so many people that are, in, that are in this city. We are called to be lights in the city that are trying to find their validation through being thin, through trying to fit in in school, to trying to fit in around work and around what's And where God is saying that I'm the light, I'm the source of all light. If you come to me, there's goodness that flows out of me, there's wholeness, there's freedom. We live in a city that, where people are walking in darkness. I, I walked in darkness for, for most of my life, well, I not say most of my life, I'd say half of my life up until now. I was about 17, 18 years old. I'd ex- had experience of church. I, I'd been in church, and I, I think I'd given my life to Jesus at least at eight years old, but I'd wandered from him. I'd barely read the Bible, although I grew up in a Baptist church, so I knew a lot of the Bible. Um, and um, so we, we uh, I think I was about 17 years old. God just really arrested me. He just, he, I was, I went out drinking with some friends, came back. God spoke to me clearly. He says, what are you doing with your life? It was almost like when God asked those questions, I answered back. I said, well, God, I need to surrender my heart to you. The next day I went to church and it was like the lights switched on in my life. It, it, God began to eradicate things that weren't of him. He, came, he began to push away things of darkness that were in my heart and in my life. John 12 verse 31 out of the Passion Translation says this. This is Jesus speaking. From this moment on, everything in this world is about to change. For the ruler of this dark world will be overthrown. It's good news. We can be happy about that. And I will do this when I'm lifted up off the ground and when I draw the hearts of people together to me. He said this to indicate that he would die by being lifted up on the cross. And if you look at the Greek, that actually is something of the resurrection. So when Jesus, we're going to be celebrating Easter in two weeks' time. The resurrection life, when Jesus went down into the earth and he, and he rose again on the third day, he defeated darkness. Which means that if there's darkness in our lives right now, we're not walking in the true reality of what Jesus has already won for us. So often, for me, I've realized this, is that Christianity and following Jesus is realizing and walking into what he's already done and what he's already paid for us. He's already made a way. He's already shown us the light. He's already defeated darkness. It says, from this moment on, everything in this world is about to change. For the rule of this dark world will be overthrown. The God of this age, the Bible says, will be overthrown. And he's been overthrown. We need to just step in behind Jesus. Can we just turn to John 9? I think it might be behind me. John 9, verse 1. And this is the demonstration of what Jesus did. 
the sixth sign, which always correlates. Every time Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, he'll do something. Or he's done something before and then he teaches about it afterwards. He says, that this is the sixth sign in my Bible. As he, <coughs> as he was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. Isn't that amazing? This just, Jesus saw this man blind from birth. The blind, the blind guy obviously couldn't see Jesus. But Jesus saw him. Isn't that a picture of you and me? We were born blind. We were born into darkness. We were born separated. We were born by nature, it says in Romans, the objects of wrath. We were, we were separated from God. We were, we were born into darkness. It says, as he was passing by, saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned. I love that. Because I think people always just want to shift the blame on something where God's saying, this, is, this doesn't have to be about that. This is, I'm going to, and he says in the next line, says, Jesus answered, this came about so God's works might be displayed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And if you look at the story, he goes and he spits on the ground. He rubs it in the guy's eyes and he says, go wash your, wash your eyes in the, the pool of Siloam. And as he did that, he began to see. If you want to go to 9 verse 25. And the Pharisees and the people around him were questioning, who healed you? Because he has a beggar that's been on the street for a while. And all of a sudden he's seeing. They even pull in his parents. They were afraid to tell the truth. And they said, who was this person who healed you? And he, he writes this. He says, and they were saying, was this man a sinner? In verse 25, he says, whether or not he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, I was blind now I can see. John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, was a man stuck in darkness. I went and just did a, a bit of research on his life. But he, from a young age, he was involved in the slave trade. And he came to a point where he realized this was wrong. And he became one of the greatest abolitionists of our time, well, of the previous generations. And in his lifetime, he saw the stop of slave trade across, across the Atlantic Ocean. God arrested his heart, brought light into his heart. Like this man, we are all that blind man that are walking around blind. We need the light of Jesus. So my question to you this morning is, do you know the light? Do you truly know the light? We are like me. We have grown up with a sense of church. And you're like, you know God is real and you know him from a distance. But is this light really illuminating your heart? Is Jesus inside of you? Is he changing every part of you? Is he, is he coming and is his light being allowed into every part of who you are? Number two, am I walking in the light? In Psalm 36, 9, it says, in your light, we see light. It's incredible. Am I walking in the light? I want to read just 1 John 5, which is just an incredible, incredible picture uh, sorry, scripture. It says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. 
If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and with the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all our unrighteousness. If we, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. And I often think that this scripture has been preached quite harshly. Bring all your sins. Come confess it. And do you know what that would do to me? I'm just being honest with you. Is that I would just be like, well, I don't trust you. I'm not willing to, to open my heart. And the amazing thing about God is that he's so good and he's so kind. And that the moment there's, there's just a confession before him, it brings everything to the light. I'm going to use this light as an illustration just there's so, often areas of our, there's so often areas of our life that is in darkness. That um, it could be uh, our sin, our, our, our sexuality, uh, the, there's areas we're struggling with. But then we allow God into certain areas of our life. And we say, okay, cool, God, I'm okay if you come into the area of money in my life. And then the light goes on in that room. But then there could be other areas where you're not willing to surrender, not willing to bring to the light. And it's, there's, there's certain areas of our lives that just sit in darkness and just shame festers. And can I employ you this, this morning that God is such a good God. He is so kind. He wants to light up every area of your life. He wants to light up every room of your life. He wants to light up areas that you think have been stuck in darkness. That if you had to bring to the light, you'd think, oh, I'm going to be so shamed. It's not true. The devil shames. God heals. God forgives. Can we put up that uh, little picture of um, the scanner? So this was a scanner, just some, I mean, this is, that person was definitely stopped at the airport, let be on, let's be honest. Okay. Um, I think there's another one. A hammer? I don't know what that person was planning to do, but anyway. But just uh, imagine, imagine we had to walk through the door and we had like a, a, a little scanner at our door. And when it scanned your body, it showed areas of your life where there's just baggage and brokenness. And you're like... Everyone's going to see it. Wouldn't you want to just deal with it right now? Wouldn't you want to just say, Father, I lay my hands and my heart and my being and my soul into the loving hands of a good Father who washes me clean. There's so many areas of darkness that people live and sometimes as followers of Jesus go to the grave. They are saved, they are redeemed, but they're not living in the fullness of life is what, is that what God promises us because they've, just, they've let an area just become a thing of like, well, I'm going to deal with this. This is my thing. I've got it under control. I can tell you this right now. You do not have it under control. Addictions, all of these things, if you bring it to the light, there's healing that comes. I'm not doing it so we can have a little confessional up front. That's not what I'm saying. It's between you and the Father, and if you need to talk to someone about stuff, then that's great, because I think that brings an extra load of healing on your life. But there's, there's a moment where you can just say, God, I bring this thing. I turn on the light in this part of my life. He brings healing, restoration, freedom. We've seen so many marriages in this church where... If there's just honesty and openness that happens with the husband and the wife, God brings immediate healing. It's, it's not like it takes weeks. Okay, there's some stuff that has to be dealt with. Maybe there's unforgiveness or whatever it is. But the moment everything is illuminated and brought to the light, we sit together, we, we, we find healing. There's wholeness that comes from that place. And people walk out full and alive in God. That is God's plan. 
That is God's, God does not want you to live in darkness and, and stumble around in darkness while you're a follower of him. And then the third thing is that we are the light. And I was just praying this, this week and just saying, God, would you, would you awaken our hearts? Would you awaken our hearts that we are called to be the light in the city? The vision of city lights is in our name, city lights. We're called to reflect and show the love of Jesus, the light and the love of Jesus in this city. And as the light begins to penetrate our heart, it can, light will always find the place of darkness. It just, it'll wrap around a corner and it'll find that place. And God, it's amazing that Jesus says, let's just quickly turn to Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. It's amazing. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, but now he says, you are the light of the world. A a city situated on a hill that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. It's amazing that the light is the, is the grace of Jesus. And then from that place comes this light. Because it's, the Bible says it's good works. And they give glory to our Father in heaven. Who this week needs to be shown the love of Jesus? In, in your workplace, your family, your friends. It's not someone else's responsibility. It's us. And my prayer is just, God, would you awaken our hearts? There's a city. We live in a city. I met this guy for lunch he was leaving Dubai. I'm not going to say where we met because he's like, oh, let's just meet there. And I just, I just, I was looking around and there was just, there was so much darkness around me. There were so many people who were trying to prove themselves to the opposite sex. And they were just, they were just kind of walking around. And, and I was like, God, there is more for, the, for this, than, that, there's more for these people than what they're walking in. We, we live in a city where it's always it's about image and it's about projecting something. And I'm saying that there's a God who loves us and who accepts us in and pull us in. And we get the ones to be that light in the city. We get the one to, to be the influence. We, we are, Jesus is the light of the world, but he comes and illuminates our hearts and we become the light in the city. A.W. Tozer calls it, we are the children of the burning flame. It said, I am the light of the world. Say it together. I am the light of the world. We, ca- we get to carry this light of Jesus in our hearts. Ephesians 5 verse 8. For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light, but now you are the light in the Lord. Amazing. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of light consists of goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, darkness, but rather expose them. I love that the responsibility of exposing darkness in our own hearts and in my heart is it's my responsibility. It's not anyone else's. Let the word of God come. Let it expose stuff in our hearts and we confess and we bring it before our Father and say, God, I lay this before you. Because we all have corners of our heart that we like God can I let you in? And God's saying this morning, he wants to come in and he wants to change and he wants to bring his light. It says, verse 12, it is shameful to mention what those who are disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. 
It's amazing that God turns darkness into light. The dark areas of our life, he'll flip around and he'll begin to use us in those areas. If you look at a lot of people who, let's just say they were involved in heroin and they were heroin addicts. I heard an incredible testimony this week of this lady who leads, uh, uh, her and her husband lead, lead Christ Tabernacle in New York. But she, she, she kind of had the most horrendous childhood. She, she grew up um, in, a, in, an, uh, in a Catholic orphanage. She got really abused, um, literally like most nights of her life. She left that place. She was rejected in many ways by her family. She went into the nightclub scene when there was Cafe 54, in, I think in the late 70s. And uh, she, she ended up going on holiday with her then boyfriend that would become her husband later. And they now lead an incredible church. There are thousands and thousands of people in, in New York, and they're just radical evangelists. But she went on holiday to Mexico with her, with her boyfriend. And then on about the first or second day, she just, she, there was just an emptiness inside of her. And she's like, I can't fill this with drugs. I can't fill this. She said she tried every drug that she could ever imagine. That she, she said she even bought cocaine across the border into Mexico so they could have fun. And um, she, she just brought this before. And she said, God, if you exist. And she even used like, uh, like swear words to God. And God came and in that moment radically saved her. Changed her heart. And she, anyway, so a couple of days later, she went back to New York and she met up with her old friends and, and her friend phoned her up and said, listen, uh, how are you doing? She goes, yeah, I'm doing much better, but I need to get to church. And she goes, well, that day that you got saved, we were actually praying for you as a group of people. And she got radically saved. And from that moment, she says, she went, I think she went to church the next week. She said to a small Pentecostal church, she stood up front and she said, in a moment, she surrendered her heart and every addiction. Every bondage, every bit of moment where she's been raped and abused and all of that stuff was, was ripped out of her in a second because of the light of Jesus. It's amazing that UV light sterilizes. If we put it across something, it, 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 light exposes stains. I'm a, I'm a spiller, okay? You'll see most of my shirts have a little bit of an oil mark or leftover pasta. It's just become a, a, like a trademark. Even this morning, I was drinking my coffee like this quickly because I knew that at some point it's going to spill. But it's amazing when we bring stuff into the light, it exposes, this, it exposes things that we haven't seen in the dark. And I really believe the Father wants to just come and bring life, and He wants to come and bring light this morning. I looked up as I was ending, and it was John 10.10. 10. On the clock, 10, 10. Laugh and laugh abundantly. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have that abundantly. God has not called us to live a life that is just, just getting by as followers of Jesus. But a life, that is, a life that is illuminated by his life. That is exposing stuff in our hearts. And we bring it before the Father.